Welcome back, everyone. We are here back on the Ham and Turkey podcast. We're getting it started back up. Um, I wanted to come on here and talk about um, my power rankings, the HTN power rankings for week nine, I believe we're in. We're in week nine, and I would like to get the power rankings are for my top 10 NFL teams. So, um, first of all, um, when I speak about football, I'm going to speak in PFF stats. Now, PFF is a football stats company that grades players on a scale of one to 100. They grade your passing, your run blocking, your 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 fumble, <laughs> your fumble grade, like any statistical measure that they can measure. You know, your football performance, they have it. So when I speak, I will be speaking in PFF stats. And if you are a football guy or a football gal and you don't have your PFF subscription, please head over to PFF.com and get your PFF subscription. I'm using PFF because that is this stat subscription that I have easy access to. So that is what I will be using today when I refer to my top 10, the HTN top 10 uh, teams in the NFL right now, the the NFL, the HTN NFL power rankings. So we're going to get right into it. We're not going to hesitate. We're not going to waste any time. Um, we're going to start at number one. So number one, I have the Kansas City Chiefs as the number one team in the NFL right now. And here's why. So um, besides, you know, Mahomes being Mahomes, you know, being efficient in the passing game as usual the Kansas City Chiefs are currently the fourth highest graded passing team in the NFL right now and in their defense honestly is, is about middle of the pack you know same as it was last year around this time and my whole thing is when you can be efficient as them in the passing game it's going to be tough for teams to beat you and when Mahomes excuse me can make plays off script consistently going to be tough for you to beat the Chiefs and the one big thing about the Chiefs is and I consistently say this when I have conversations about Patrick Mahomes and because I don't think Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league Russell Wilson to me is the best quarterback in the league and when I talk about where I have the Seahawks I'll go further into that but I think Patrick Mahomes benefits a lot from number one having Andy Reid as his play caller a Hall of Fame coach Super Bowl winning coach he benefits from that greatly Secondly, he benefits from the team speed that they have. They have Travis Kelsey, all pro at tight end. They have Tyreek Hill, all pro at wide receiver. I mean, they have Miko Hartman, who runs a 4-3. And then they have Sammy Watkins, who is also a pro bowl receiver. So, I mean, a lot of these weapons, like a quarterback is only as good as his weapons. I have seen maybe like once or twice in my lifetime a quarterback elevate the options around him. And that's been Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is really like the only quarterback I've ever seen just have be devoid of weapons and still be great and so Mahomes is talented don't get me wrong I mean he has been grading over 90 pretty much since he's been starting been a starter in the NFL and he is a great quarterback but um I just don't think that people give enough credit to the requisite pieces around him and also you know Mitchell Schwartz you know their left tackle is also an all pro too so I mean he benefits from having a lot of Team speed, number one, all pros on his team. And, you know, the line is also blocking. And then on defense, the Chiefs, I feel like they play just good enough. I mean, Chris Jones is still, you know, a, a top defensive tackle in the league. And then um, I feel like they've gotten better play from their back end. They had one hiccup against the Raiders, and those divisional games are always so wacky. So you can never really put too much stock into those. But, you know, other than that one hiccup, um, I think the Chiefs are pretty solid across the board. And if I'm looking at my list and I'm saying which one of these teams can beat Kansas City right now, I don't really feel like one can at this current moment in time. And so also I don't want to forget to mention the Honey Badger, um, how much his impact on the defense, you know, makes other players around him better. Like every stop he's been, he's made players better and he just brings a feistiness a toughness a savvy to a defense that can you know pretty much elevate you know anybody around him and I think his impact should definitely be considered so I have the Chiefs 
as uh, my number one team. And one thing I want people to look at going forward with the Chiefs is they were talking about it on a broadcast today. Um, the, today is Thursday. So I'm, Thursday night football has just currently ended. And so the Packers have beat the San Francisco 49ers. And they were talking about um, how Andy Reid has made a more concerted effort to run the ball. You know, sometimes they feel like Andy Reid has been banged, you know, constantly for passing the ball entirely too much and just neglecting the run game. But, you know, if you look at them drafting Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in the first round and then you look at them signing Le'Veon Bell just recently, you know, they are trying to pound the rock and be a more balanced team. That is what every offensive team strives for. They strive to be a balanced offense. And so when you're as efficient as the Chiefs are and then you can control pace and time by running the ball when you need to, um, I, that's just a recipe uh, for success, and that's why currently, with their current balance, I think they are the best team in the NFL, and they are number one in the HTM Power Rangers. Now, let's move to number two. Number two, I have the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, the reason I have the Pittsburgh Steelers at number two is because they are undefeated, so I have to give respect to that. Now, if you look at their record, they have only played two formidable teams in the last two weeks they played Tennessee and then they just trounce they just not trounce but they just beat Baltimore so I think those are two very um respectable and reputable wins um one thing about Pittsburgh is um Ben Roethlisberger has said it before the season that he had to get back because he felt like this was his next like this shot right here is one of his best opportunities to win a Super Bowl and he wanted to win a Super Bowl for his team if you look at Pittsburgh's team here's a stat for you um, in terms of PFF grade, they have six players grading over 90. One of those players is not Minka Fitzpatrick, but as we know, Minka Fitzpatrick is an all pro. So, I mean, when you got that many contributions and not just contributions, but high end contributions from the defense, I mean, it, it's, it's tough week in and week out to go, you know, head to head with these guys on top of, you know, they're missing Devin Bush, which is a big loss, but they have. Um, T.J. Watt and T.J. Watt, honestly, in the past couple years, has uh, put himself in the best, you know, pass rusher category. I mean, he's per he's one of those players that obviously, obviously, is grading over ninety, and I think he's like second or third in total pressures. I mean, T.J. Watt in the last two or three years has come on and definitely separated himself as one of the top defensive rushers, defensive edge rushers. In the league, I mean, he's getting into that. He's not there, but he's getting into that Aaron Donald type category where he's just unblockable coming off the edge. So that Steelers defense, man, is just very formidable, reminiscent of the steel curtain. And then you move to the offense. I mean, you know that Ben was going to have that offense, right? Um, I feel like they haven't um, reached the level of balance as Kansas City has. Um they they have certain games where, you know, they are running the ball, but then they have certain games where, you know, the running game isn't really getting going. But honestly, if we're just being honest, one thing I've learned for working for PFF is like if you're super efficient in the passing game, like all that other stuff, it really <laughs> it really doesn't matter. You know what I mean? And so they are, you know, they're middle of the pack. They're the 16th highest graded pass team um they're middle of the pack when it comes to efficiency in the passing game but they have been able to pass at a high level i mean they had those options those weapons with um james washington deontay johnson and then chase claypool being one of the best rookies that has come on lately um he's in the top three if i'm not mistaken in uh receiving touchdowns so chase claypool has definitely made his uh presence felt so with those weapons and then you know the steelers has have always had um a good uh offensive line i mean they have always been solid at you know left tackle they're currently um 11th in pass blocking grade at 72.8 so i mean they're getting solid contributions from their line also so i mean i think the best unit for this the steelers right now is their defense no question about it um i think because their defense is so formidable and they can also score points they if they can keep this up see they've only beaten two like i said two formidable teams right now 
if you look at their record, which is, again, the Ravens and the Tennessee Titans. So, I mean, if they could keep this up, you know, I, I think they're they're the biggest threat right now um, to Kansas City to overtake them in the number one spot in the power rankings. But we have number our number two team is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, as we move to number three, I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, the reason I have Tampa Bay so high is because they honestly, of all the teams on this list, they're probably the most complete team in terms of how efficient the offense and the defense is. Um, the defense is fourth in coverage grade and seventh in overall offensive grade. So, Again, they're getting top five, top ten efficiency in both on both offense and defense. And with PFF grades, they take into consideration every snap that the defense and offense has played. So these grades are based on a snap per snap basis. So, um, excuse me. One thing, obviously, let's just start with um, the goat, Tom Brady. I mean, with him being there, uh, he's cut down on the turnovers. Um, you know, Jameis led the league in turnovers last year, and Tom Brady is currently third. Uh, is he the second or third in PFF pass grade, outgrading over 90 plus? He's also number one in big time throws, which is throws over 20 yards or more. I mean, he's pushing the ball down the field. He's uh, he's being efficient. He isn't turning the ball over, and he's getting the ball to the playmakers. When they need to get it, I mean, they are using Mike Evans exclusively in a red zone. I mean, look on what happened on Monday night. I mean, you know, Mike Evans is in the red zone. They throw it to him all the time. Like, he leads the NFL in touchdown catches. He's tied with, like, four other people. But seven touchdowns, seven receiving touchdowns is an NFL lead, and he is one of the leaders right now. So, I mean, he's adjusting to Mike Evans. I mean, Chris Godwin has to get back on the field. Um, we know Chris Godwin was the highest graded receiver in the league last year. Um, so that's definitely a big loss for him. But, you know, they just signed Antonio Brown. So, I mean, and Antonio Brown has been one of the best receivers statistically for the last four or five years running in. I personally can't stand Antonio Brown, but there is no question that he is um, a difference maker when he is out there. And so um, with that coupled with. The, the the play of the offensive line specifically let's give a big shout out we want to give a big htn shout out to tristan Wirfs. um i did a scouting report on tristan tristan Wirfs, and i was just blown away by you know his leverage you know his size you know his athletic ability you know his technique you know any lineman you can get from iowa they always turn out to be solid pros and i had said before the draft that tristan Wirfs was the best uh right tackle in the league in the in college and so in a draft excuse me and so for the bucks to move up and get him and now he's um obviously the highest graded o lineman he's graded over 70 plus and for a rookie that is quite amazing so tristan wharf's holding on that right side protecting tom's protecting tom brady and also um I think they're uh, very efficient in the run game, too. I mean, the stats may not reflect it, but, you know, they got a solid one-two punch with um, Rojo and Leonard Fournette. And so because of that, I have them currently as the third best team in the NFL, according to the HTN Power Rankings. They are third due to the fact that they are the most complete team on this list. So um, they are number three right now but i feel like they can easily jump pittsburgh and they can easily jump kansas city too but i think why i have them three the main reason is i feel like sometimes they start really really slow and it takes a minute for them to get together i mean but when they get together it looks beautiful but i just feel like times they just it just they just sloppy and slowful and it takes them a long time like even the giants game just this past monday I mean, it took them to the second half. I mean, they scored in the first half, but it took them to the second half to really get it going from a team that, you know, they shouldn't have been struggling with by our standards and by our metrics. But I I, I just feel like sometimes they, they start slow. So um, they have that one blemish against the Saints. They play the Saints this Sunday night. So um, I'm anxious to see that matchup. So we're going to see how. 
Tampa Bay goes, but Tampa Bay could easily be the uh, biggest riser here, and they could rise to number one for me, you know, doing um, next week's, you know, week 10 power ranking. So that's number three, we have the Tampa Bay Bucks. So number four, I have the Green Bay Packers, and I just beat the San Francisco 49ers, and they are now sitting at six and two. Um, I have the Packers four is because, number one, Aaron Rodgers is probably one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play. And he has high end play. Um, his PFF grade, passing grade right now is a 92.2. Um, his overall offensive grade is 92.7. And that is almost 10 points higher than when it was last year. So coupled with Aaron being happy with the offense, running it efficiently. Um, one thing that I have conceded is that Aaron Jones may be a top five back in this league. Now, running backs really don't matter, be honest with you. <laughs> but Aaron Jones gets his value by what he can do in the passing game. And Aaron Jones has, for me, ex- uh, excelled himself to like top five back status. And he is really, really um open my eyes to how actually really good he is so um i think that is another reason why the packers are so good their offensive line is solid i mean they got it in they had an injury to david bakhtiari who's probably the best pass blocking left tackle in the league and they're still you know going strong um they play san francisco and they look really good i mean obviously san francisco has sustained a bunch of injuries and i really am not trying to um, grade San Francisco right now because they literally have like seven players on IR that are like key contributors. But I mean, they're out there. They're an NFL team, and they played. And the Packers look really good. And I would be very remiss if I did not mention Devonte Adams and how big he is to this offense. I mean, Devonte Adams is probably one of the best route runners in the league. His detail, um, his his releases off the line, how he catches. I mean, those back shoulder catches are just amazing i mean the first play well not well, one of the first plays of this uh of this game against the niners um aaron drops back after giving it to aaron jones like four or five times aaron drops back and he throws a just an absolute oh beautiful pass to Devonte adams back shoulder for a touchdown and that connection is probably a top five connection in the league um speaking of that um here's just another stat for you uh Devonte adams Leads the NFL in the past four years in red zone touchdowns with, it was 24, but obviously it's more than that now. But he leads the NFL in red zone touchdowns for a wide receiver. So just to show you how, you know, his impact on the game is seen and how it is felt out there on the field. And the reason, the main reason I have them um, number four is because, uh, and not over Tampa, Pittsburgh, or Kansas City is because, of that showing of that inconsistent showing of their defense. Um, they were playing really well uh, at the beginning of the year, but I mean, they then slid a little bit. Uh, I was not very encouraged by that showing against the Vikings where they let Dalvin cook just run crazy. Not to say Dalvin cook isn't that good. Cause he is that good, but they just let Dalvin cook go crazy. And um, I think the Packers um, have to get it together. I mean, this game right here against the San Francisco 49ers was really a, uh, a nice pick-me-up game after that debacle against the Vikings. And I think the the Packers will uh, ultimately bounce back. And um, I don't think the Packers are better than Tampa. But I think they could be better than Pittsburgh. So, and, and they might be able to be better than Kansas City. But the thing is, though, Whose offense, like if Green Bay played Kansas City, who offense would be more efficient at that time? And I would put my money on Kansas City, not Green Bay. So that's the main reason why. And then I don't want to be remiss in um, miss, not mention Jair Alexander, you know, the year he's having. Um, he's probably, I mean, consensus now is he's the top corner, you know, in the league. He's leading the league, if I'm not mistaken, in coverage grade. I think he is. But, um... Yeah, Jair Alexander, ever since really he came in the league, he has been one of the best, you know, corners um, in the league. So um, he, he's having a phenomenal 
Yes, he's number one. He is. He's number one in coverage grade at 90.1 and number one cornerback defensive grade with also 90. So Jair Alexander's having a, a heck of a season. He did get hurt in this game and did go back to be evaluated for a concussion. So we just want to cross our fingers for that. But my number four team is the Green Bay Packers because Aaron Rodgers is playing way better and playing at a Hall of Fame level as he usually does. So as we move to our number five team, number five is the Seattle Seahawks. Now, you're, you're, you're going to ask me, why do I have Seattle rated so low? Well, this is this is why I have Seattle rated five. I mean, he's there in the top five, so I don't have him rated that low. But this is why I have Seattle at five. So Russell Wilson is playing like an MVP. I mean, there is Russell Wilson to me at this moment in time is the best quarterback in the league hands now and I don't think Mahomes is close yes Mahomes probably has more talent than Russell Wilson but there is a difference between having talent more talent than someone and then be actually a better quarterback than someone so I think Russell Russell Wilson right now is a better quarterback than Mahomes you'll say well you know he has more years in the league than him uh no no duh that, that's why he's a better <laughs> that's why he's a better quarterback than Mahomes you know Mahomes still has you know time to grow but I mean when you consider how much uh how much under pressure Russell Wilson has been how much how he has not had you know top notch weapons his whole time in Seattle i mean you just have to look at what he's doing now and just be like see that's what happens when you get top weapons which moves me to DK Metcalf i mean Tyler Lockett's been there and Tyler Lockett's been great i mean people don't talk about Tyler Lockett a lot but if you look at the numbers, um, Russell Wilson is obviously the best deep ball. He's the most accurate deep ball thrower in the NFL when targeting Tyler Locker. Tyler Lockett. They have the most deep touchdowns to each other, excuse me, in the last three or four years. Look it up. Couple that with DK Metcalf, who probably in the next three or four years will be talked about as the best receiver in the league. I mean, his size, his speed, he runs a 4-3. I mean, he is, you know, the, I think in fantasy purposes, he's like the second, uh, was he second or third in like fantasy points right now? But my point is, oh, he's second or third in fantasy points. And also he has the most deep touchdowns this year. So deep touchdowns would qualify of touchdowns are 20 plus or more. So he has the most of those. So, I mean, you gave Russell, you gave the best deep ball for in the past Four years, another elite deep ball option who could also be the best, who also will be in the next couple of years, the best receiver in the league. So couple that with, you know, they have been primarily a running team for the past, let's say three, three or four years. They've been a running team straight, just exclusively run all the time. And they had a mantra or like a moniker out in Seattle saying, let Russ cook. And so this year they're actually letting Russ cook and you're seeing the fruits of letting him cook. They're way more efficient in the passing game, which has equated to way more wins. And, you know, they had the one hiccup against the Cardinals, but the Cardinals into their right are a good team offensively also. But I mean, again, it's a wacky division game and you can't you can't really couple that. You know, you, you can put stock into it, but you can't really put that much stock into it because when a team knows you so well, it's tough to, you know, do some things that's going to really fool them. So um, I think the only Achilles heel I really see with uh, Seattle right now is that defense, man. They can't get any pressure on anybody and they can't cover anybody. But they were like the ninth highest graded defensive team in the league. So maybe it's just the math, the uh, opponents that they've played so far. So Seattle has Buffalo next. So I'm very anxious to see how um, Seattle plays against Buffalo. But, you know, I have Seattle number five right now um, just because their defense is just such a it's such a worry to me. Like, can their back end cover Devontae Adams and those in, in, in anybody else on Green Bay for that matter? Can Seattle's DBs cover Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Scotty Miller and Gronk? Can Seattle's receivers cover James Washington, 
uh, Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool, and then and Juju Smith. I'm sorry, I don't really, I'm not really a big fan of Juju Smith. I'm sorry, I don't want to forget him, but he is a Pro Bowl receiver. And then can Seattle's DBs cover Kansas City? Like this is the, the they have to show me that they're they're going to be able to cover people consistently and get pressure on a quarterback. So since they can't do any of those. They have to be number five for me, even though Russ is probably going to win the MVP. And they finally let Russ cook. So they, the Seattle Seahawks, are the number five team in the HTN Power Rankings. Now we move to number six. I have the Tennessee Titans. And the reason I have the Tennessee Titans is because um, the teams I have below them, I don't think would beat Tennessee. Um, Tennessee has shown that they are also able to be an efficient team in the passing game and also a balanced team. So um, the Titans are currently the number one graded rushing team in the league. And that's going to happen when you have a Derrick Henry back there. Derrick Henry um, does not get enough love for being talked about as one of the best backs in the league. And I tell people all the time, I say Derrick Henry has been doing this for like the past two or three years. I said, what was the one thing that changed for this Titans? They changed the quarterback out. That's what it was. They changed the quarterback out. And when Tannehill started, from that point on, when Tannehill started, he was the highest graded receiver and the highest graded passer in the league. He had the highest average depth of target, which basically means how far you're throwing it down the field per play. That's what ADOT. We call it ADOT. That's what it means. So he had the highest one of that. And he was also the highest graded deep ball thrower. So on every time he threw a deep ball pass, he had the highest grade. He was the most efficient on a per snap basis. So that was the only thing that changed for the Titans was the fact that they switched out their quarterback. And they have shown that this year also. You know what I mean? They Tannehill had up until last week, he was playing at a top five level. I mean, he was grading at a 90.5. I mean, it was harder to, to deny what he was doing. So um, I think with that, and they got A.J. Brown back. And A.J. Brown, honestly, he isn't the physical specimen that D.K. Metcalf is, but he is every bit as good. And it shows when he plays. I mean, I think every game he's played so far, he's caught a touchdown. And there's that's not a fluke because A.J. Brown's actually really good. And then Corey Davis is coming on too. So Corey Davis is starting to come on. You got uh, A.J. Brown, and they got Janu Smith, who's a very serviceable, very good tight end, actually. And then they got Ferguson. Like, he had just, Tannehill has a bunch of weapons that he can go to, and so that is why they're more efficient in the passing game. And Mariota for, I mean, he had pretty much these same weapons, not A.J. Brown, but he had pretty much these same weapons he had, Derrick Henry. And like I say again, think about what changed with the Titans. They all they did was change the quarterback, and now they're a top ten team in the HTM power rankings and also in the NFL. So if I'm just switching, shifting really quickly to defense, um, they cannot rush the passer at all. I mean, they are 25th in pass rushing grade, in the middle of the pack and co- coverage grade, they are currently uh, 17th. So um, one of the things I say is that. I, they really need to get rid of Malcolm Butler. Like, he is awful to me. And they need a Dory Jackson to come back. They need, and them picking up Desmond King is going to be such a huge pickup for them because they were struggling mightily. I know the grade says they were middle of the pack, but from my eye test, they were like struggling mightily in the passing game. So, I think Desmond King's going to help. Having a Dory Jackson back healthy is going to help. They cut Vic Beasley, who's a bum. And so hopefully they can get some pass rush now. But I think the Titans at six is about the good spot for them. I don't see them being better than Seattle, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, Pittsburgh, who they who they lost to already, and then Kansas City. So I I um I think six is very good for Tennessee right now. So at number seven, I have the Buffalo Bills, which is the team that I essentially cover for PFF. Um if you are listening to this, please go sub- please go and follow uh, PFF underscore Bills. That is the Twitter page that I run. So I have to be up on everything um, Buffalo Bills. Um, so I have them at seven because, okay, so they lost to Tennessee. They play Seattle this week. I don't think they're going to win that. 
Um, I don't think they're better than Pittsburgh. And they do actually play Pittsburgh later in the season. So I'm anxious to see that matchup. And also they got trounced by Kansas City. So the early prognosis on the Bills, well, not early, but this half prognosis on the Bills is that they only beat up on bad teams. And that's kind of what we've been seeing, you know, so far. They did beat the Rams, but that was after the Rams, you know, came back from 28 down to also take the lead in that game, if not for like two stupid defensive calls where, you know, on a fourth and 12, we let them convert. And then on a third and 12 or third and 10 or whatever it was, we let them convert too. I mean, Buffalo would not be, would not have beaten any good teams. So, um, but they are number seven in the HTM power rankings. And because they are way more efficient in the passing game now, um, Josh Allen has matured. He has taken a step forward. He is the highest graded quarter. No, not highest graded. He has them. Excuse me. He has the most touchdowns of uh, any quarterback um, under pressure this year. That is a huge, huge thing. How a quarterback plays under pressure. Josh Allen used to be horrible at playing under pressure. He used to always just bail out of pockets. He is actually, you know, sitting in the pocket, going through his progressions um, on a broadcast one game. I think it was the game against. Uh, I want to say it was the Titans game. Um, they said that Josh Allen shifted his thinking to saying, I need to just get first downs. Now, I'm not going to try to, you know, get the big play every single time. And I think you can see that now, you know, he's not trying to, you know, get the deep plays, you know, all the time. He's, you know, he's dinking and dunking when he has to. He's making and the biggest thing. He's making smarter decisions. That's the biggest thing for him. You know, he was not like his first what two or three two years i mean he was not making smart decisions at all taking stupid sacks fumbling the ball throwing dumb interceptions like and bill's mafia gets upset when you talk about this stuff because they still win that was why because they would he would do all this stuff and it would still win but that was because of the defense but now josh has pretty much put the team on his back this year um they have gotten stefan diggs which has definitely helped stefan diggs has the most targets you know, in the league right now. So Josh is looking for Stefan Diggs early and often. Um, I think Buffalo to take a step forward, they need to become more balanced. I feel like they're so pass heavy, even though passing is very important in the league. The run game has its spot. You need to be able to control um, time and pace when you need to. They have two backs that they have drafted in back-to-back years that make people miss. They have a middle of the pack O-line 17th, um, graded offensive line. Um, despite all the injuries that they had too, I mean, f- to them, for them to be the seventeenth highest graded O line and have all the injuries that they have and still have, they just lost Mitch Morris. I mean, I think this is a a good spot for Buffalo. I mean, seeing as Buffalo hasn't had many signature wins, they like I said, they did beat the Rams, and that is a signature win. But um, I think seven is uh, a good spot for Buffalo right now. The reason that they are seven, the main reason is because that defense is not, I don't want to say it's not trustable, but right now it's just not playing the best. If not for a forced fumble by Justin Zimmer, they probably would have lost that game against the Patriots last week. So the defense has got to play better. They first and foremost need to cut Josh Norman, man, because Josh Norman is just awful. He can't cover anybody anymore. And they need to roll with Dane Jackson Cam Lewis, Levi Wallace, and Tredavious White. You know, that's what I think they need to do. And then the biggest problem for the Bills, the biggest problem, is they cannot stop the run at all. They are atrocious at stopping the run. Damian Harris had, if I'm not mistaken, had 136 yards rushing last week. And then you look at every team that I have above Buffalo. I have Tennessee, who trumps them in the run game. You remember the Josh Norman stiff arm game. Seattle, who can run the ball. We'll see them play each other this week, so we'll see how that goes. Green Bay, who can run the ball. Tampa, who can run the ball. Pittsburgh, who can run the ball. Kansas City had 39 rushing attempts against them and trounced them in the run. So if Buffalo can't stop teams from just pounding them, running the ball all over them, they're not going to go far in the playoffs. But I have them number seven right now, and I think that is a great spot for them. So we move to number eight. I have the New Orleans Saints. And honestly, the New Orleans Saints has really just cracked this because I am not happy for what I've been seeing from the offense at all. And honestly, 
a big reason why the offense doesn't look, you know, as dynamic as they have. Number one, because they don't have those deep playmakers, you know, deep guys that can run, you know, four, two, four, three, that can just run, you know, out the <laughs> run, run, outrun coverage. They don't have that guy right now. I mean, they were hoping Emmanuel Sanders was going to be that guy, but Emmanuel Sanders is like 33, 34, something like that. He's plus 30. So he can't be that guy, and he's hurt right now. And then Michael Thomas is not a deep ball guy. Michael Thomas is a possession receiver who is really, really good. I mean, he had 143 catches last week. It's the highest. He's like the second highest graded receiver. Like, excuse me, that many catches was, you know, that was an NFL record last year. I mean, he's a good receiver, but when you're getting the ball in excess like he has, I mean, to me, I I don't want to call Michael Thomas the best receiver in the league, but he, I mean, he's been putting up numbers. Statistically, he's a really, he's a really good receiver, and it's hard to 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 it's hard to poo poo on what he's doing. So when they get him back, they'll probably look a little different. But the reason I'm not encouraged is what I am for what I looked at. Look at the stats. Um. Michael Tom, uh, Drew Brees has the lowest average depth of target. I talked about that before. Average depth of target is how far you're throwing the ball down the field. So he has the lowest one of that. Of all the starting quarterbacks in the league or all the quarterbacks that have started a game this year, he has the lowest at 6.8. It is by far the lowest in the league. So what is the result of that? The result of that is that he is checking it down in, in excess and who is the beneficiary of all those checkdowns? It's Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara currently is second in the league in catches. He plays running back, by the way. He's second in the league in catches, and he's second in receiving grade. That's absolutely absurd. And Alvin Kamara is honestly showing you what he looks like healthy. He was not at all healthy last year. I mean, I think he said he was playing with a hurt knee, like he tore his MCL or something, and he was playing through that last year. So that's the why he looked the way he looked. But now this year, he's fully healthy, and he look, he is probably the only running back in the league right now who deserves what Zeke got. Zeke got a $45 million contract, and it was a $90 million contract, $45 million guaranteed. He is probably the only back in the league that deserves that. Maybe Saquon, but he's probably the only one that deserves that right now. And so... They would be a lot. The defense hasn't been playing good. I was saying before the league, before the year, excuse me, that Marshawn Lattimore was the top five corner in the league. He has been getting roasted by almost everybody he goes up against. So, I mean, I, the Saints, I am not happy about putting them at eight, but any of these teams I have on the outside looking in, I can't put them over the Saints. So, like I said, Drew is not pushing the ball down the field. He doesn't have the weapons that he is accustomed to having. Um, Jerry Cook's still good, but he doesn't have that plethora of weapons. Like, they don't have many guys that can stretch the field. They have, like, one or two now. And Michael Thomas isn't a field stretcher. So, I have them at eight because they have they do have some tough wins, and they are a tested team. And it's tough for me to um bet against a team that's – has continuity because continuity definitely matters in the NFL. And Drew Brees is an experienced and seasoned quarterback. So I think having them at eight is probably very generous by me. And that is my love for Drew Brees. So I am going to say that eight is very generous. I don't think they'll, they'll um, stay there. Um, I think if, of all the teams on this list that's going to slide, I think they will be the ones to slide. So as we move to number nine, um, I have my beloved uh, Los Angeles Rams. Um, I think nine for us is just about where we are. Uh, we are five and two, um, but we've only beat bad teams. We did not beat. Um, we just got trounced by Miami which I was not happy about at all. We lost to Buffalo, who was a good team. But um, I really think we should have won that game. So I think we should only have one loss. But it is what it is. Um, we did lose, and we are what our record says we are. So 
I think the biggest thing with us and why I have them at nine is because um, the defense has been playing really well. Um, looked it up. The Rams have 10 players grading over 70. That is absolutely also absurd to have that many players contributing. So they have 10 players on defense that is grading over 70. We're getting contributions from um, Jordan Fuller, that r- the rookie. I think he was a seventh rounder that we took from Ohio State. Uh, he's coming back um, next week after our bye. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the best defensive player in the league, Aaron Donald. Um, everyone knows about him. He's probably the best defensive player in the past five or six years since he's came into the league. I mean, he's unblockable. Um, he's being double 70.5% of the time and is tied for the league, league in sacks with nine. I mean, that just says it right there. Uh, he is a game wrecker. He can literally win games on defense by himself. I've seen it. Um, yeah, I mean, Aaron Donald's great. I don't really know what else to, what other superlatives to put on top of that, but Aaron Donald's great. Um, I think where our issues lie. Oh, don't let me forget about the dog, Jalen Ramsey. Oh, my gosh. That man is a dog. When he went out in the Miami game, I really thought, I really felt like that really uh that really you know put our defense down um we can def we definitely need him i mean he's an all pro player uh top three or f- top three corner in the league so um not having him out here definitely um definitely hurt us and then miami just beat us up you know on in every phase of the game so um we just we just for us to be nine, I think that's very also very generous. But we are five and two, and I think nine is a very reasonable spot for us. Um, my trepidation comes here. <clears throat> I really feel like, and I felt this way since the draft. I feel like Jared Goff is overrated. He is not the quarterback for this team. I am not. The only reason I support him is because he's my quarterback and he's the quarterback of the Rams. That's the only reason I support him. So I want you guys to, to listen to listen to these numbers. So when Jared Goff has no pressure on him, he has an 89.8 pass grade. That is with no pressure, right? When Jared Goff is under pressure, he has a 27.7 grade. So it drops almost 30 points when he gets pressured or when he gets blitzed so when he gets blitzed his offensive grade goes to a 63.8 and his pass grade is a 63.9 so that has always been my notice with jerry goff is that when you put some heat on him when you blitz him when stuff is not perfect when the first read is not there he struggles he cannot move Despite everyone saying, oh, he's so athletic, he's, he's not that athletic. Because if he was athletic, he would be able to elude pressure. Like Lamar, like Mahomes, like Russell Wilson. That's athletic. You know what I mean? He is a statue back there. He can scramble when he needs to, but he is not athletic. I hate when people say, oh, he's so athletic. He's not athletic. So he can't, he can't throw under pressure. But here it is. When the pocket is clean. Oh, man, I, I missed his clean pocket stats. His clean pocket stat. Well, I just said it. When he has no pressure, it was his grade is an 89.8. So when he has no pressure, he's not pressured at all. I mean, he's almost thrown at a 90 grade. I mean, that is too. I've uh, that's the absolute antithesis of play there. And I think it's just becoming a pervasive problem. It's just like when we play better teams and they're able to heat us up and beat our O line. Like he can't make plays off script. He can't make off-platform throws. The conditions have to be perfect for him to be successful. And the thing is, is like in the NFL, we obviously know as football fans that the conditions aren't going to always be perfect. And our offensive line is good, but it's not great to where he's not, excuse me, he's not touching the ball. Excuse me, he's not where he's not throwing the ball like that. You know what I mean? Like every condition isn't going to be perfect. And so that is the biggest reason why they're not number nine. I do not have, I do not have any faith and Jared Goff to get us to where we need to be. We got to a Super Bowl, but that was still when like our offense was fresh 
And then obviously we benefited that year from the play with New Orleans and all that stuff. But I mean, I just never felt like Jared Goff was the guy for our system. We need a more mobile quarterback and a quarterback that's able to make more plays off script. And then couple that with, you know, Sean McVay is a great coach, but he does when the when the game plan isn't going his way. And they have said that he had recruited, you know, an office, our current offensive coordinator, Kevin O'Connell. He has recruited people and to help him with this. But, you know, when the game plan isn't working, when that stretch play isn't working when that, was, that boot action isn't playing when people are actually getting to Jared Goff and shutting down our run game like we literally can't do anything I mean we don't we go in shotgun and when we're forced to pass on teams and pass strictly we struggle because we're a run first team we're a wide zone team that's what we do we run the wide zone outside zone play all the time and so because of that and when we can't play with the lead it's tough you know, and Jerry Goff is not the guy to, to bring us back. I mean, he threw the ball 61 times last week. And we're not going to win games like that when we can't get more rushing attempts than pass attempts like that. You know, with that balance. Like, we can't we can't be a balanced team. And then on top of that, we don't have an, a field stretcher. So when you're booting off of the, the uh, wide zone action and you're, you're uh, play actioning off of that, that wide zone movement i mean we don't have a guy that's stretching the field like i love robert woods but he's not a field stretcher cooper cup is a slot guy who works underneath josh reynolds isn't that guy and van jefferson can't overtake josh reynolds right now so um the rams at number nine is generous but you know the defense is playing well and the offense has been playing good enough I'll, i'll say that it's been playing good enough so I have them curly at number nine, which brings me to the last and final team. And people are going to hate on me for this, but I this is what I feel because I don't like what I've been seeing from these teams, these one, two, three, four, five teams that I have looking in. I have at number 10, the Arizona Cardinals. Arizona Cardinals are currently five and two. Um. I think the biggest reason why I have them at 10 is because I feel like they're ascending. They're getting better. They're playing better defense. Buda Baker is, is living up to that contract he signed. Kyler Murray is taking the next step. Kyler Murray's pass grade has went from a 61.1 to almost to 73.9. I mean, he's grading almost 10 points higher. Then he was last year, and that type of improvement is going to be seen on the field. And then, obviously, with that improvement has come a guy named DeAndre Hopkins, who arguably is the best receiver in the league and has been the best receiver in the league for the past, you know, four or five years. Um, Hopkins has a 106.9 uh, passer raising when targeted. Uh, he leads the league in receptions and yards, and he's also seventh in receiving grade. So basically receiving grade for PFF is like a grade for your route running, how you're running your routes on a per snap basis. So he's seventh in that, which I am not surprised about at all. And so this connection has worked, you know what I mean? And they're becoming more efficient in the passing game, which they lead. And, you know, last year, the Cardinals were a uh, top team in you know run blocking and running last year and they're still running and honestly i hate to say this but i i like kenny and drake but i think chase Edmonds probably need more touches man because he they look like a different team when he's at running back and so um i like what i've seen from cliff kingsbury i like the fact that he has been able to adjust you know to the nf to the nfl game um you know he came from texas tech and he had that spread system and he was you know scouting kyler since he'd been in high school and he finally got his guy and he has been able to adapt the system to kyler and um bring the best out of kyler and i think that is the the mark of a great coach is to push your quarterback for and he has a guy i mean people were um concerned about kyler's age I mean, not age, excuse me, <laughs> Kyler's height coming out of um, Oklahoma. But, I mean, he's shown that he's able to make all the throws at a high rate at that. So, I mean, it helps to have a guy like DeAndre Hopkins. It helps to have a guy like uh, Christian Kirk who has been coming on in a deep passing game. 
Um, it helps to have a guy like Andy Isabella who's fast. I mean, he hasn't really done much this year, but he is getting he's getting better. I like um I like Dan Arnold. I like that receiving tight end threat that they have. And on defense, um, I think the loss of Chandler Jones is definitely gonna gonna impact them because he's probably been one of the best pass rushers in the past four years. That's not talked about, but he is a really, really good pass rusher. Um they bother, they worry me on the back end. Um, Patrick Peterson gets beat a lot. He is not the guy that he once was. Um, he's not that top five corner anymore. So if there's a reason to have some type of pause on Arizona, it's because of their defense. But if they're this efficient in the passing game and able to run the ball, I mean, in today's NFL, you can get by with that. And I don't really um have any qualms with putting them at 10 because i feel like they're ascending you know their their record is five and two and they have played you know pretty well for for the majority of the of the year so i i i love to to see them ascending i just hate it because they're right behind my rams and if you looked at my list i have three teams in the nfc west on this list seattle at five my rams at nine and the Cardinals at 10. So that's not good for us, for the Rams, to have the Cardinals nipping at our heels like that. But, you know, the best team will win. And we will see, you know, what 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 is going on here. And um, I just wanted to, uh, first of all, take a quick break. Um, we're going to get our sponsor in here. Uh, this podcast is sponsored by Anchor. Um, so I have to get them in here so i can get my streaming money so i'm gonna take a break here and i'm gonna pause for a quick ad and before i do that i also want to shout out h factor if you're listening to this please go buy h factor water this hydrogen water is probably the smoothest water that i've ever drank please support h factor water and please tag them on instagram and tag me make them give me a deal they just gave me a huge care package and I appreciate them very much. And I'm going to keep shouting them out. They gave me enough water for the next six to seven food reviews. If you follow my YouTube channel, you know I do food reviews also. But I had to get a lot of I had to get some NFL content out because that's kind of what I want to be known for, like my NFL analysis. So in college analysis for that matter. But if you're listening to this, please go buy H Factor Water and go support H Factor Water. But as I promised, we're going to pause one second and for our sponsors and then i'm going to talk about i'm going to wrap this up with uh my teams that are on the outside looking in all right we're back we're going to wrap this up um i have my teams that are on the outside looking in and i have one two three four is that no excuse me five i have five teams that are on the outside looking in those teams are indy the ravens the bears cleveland and san francisco and I'll talk about probably the most controversial names, probably the um, Ravens. Uh, the Ravens have the same record as Cleveland, actually. Cleveland is also Cleveland's five and three. Ravens are five and two. Um, San Francisco just lost tonight, so they're three and four. And the Bears are five and three. Also, so each and then Indy is also five and two, if I, I believe. Yep, five and two. So all these teams have five wins in the Ravens are on the outside looking in. So I'm going to start with Indy. Indy, I'm not really a big believer in because there is a guy on Twitter I follow named Matt Waldman. And he did a breakdown of Phillip Rivers. And he showed how Phillip has not been throwing the ball with the same velocity. I mean, obviously he's older, so he's not going to be throwing the ball the way he did before. But it just doesn't look good. And they beat teams by running. And at a certain point in time, even though they have that great O-line, they are Philip is going to have to win a game with his arm, and I just don't feel like he can do it. I don't feel like he can beat any of these teams in the top 10 with just his arm because when they're shutting down a running game, like, what are you going to do? I mean, I don't feel like they have the requisite parts either in a passing game to be successful. I mean, T.Y. Hilton has been overrated for so long. You know, just because you run fast don't make you a good receiver. Uh, Paris Campbell, like, I don't like any other receivers. Michael Pittman, you haven't even heard anything about Michael Pittman doing anything, so... Excuse me, I'm not a believer on India at all. Um, the Bears, the Bears can't protect anybody. They just got hit with um, 
a COVID scare with on their offensive line and they already couldn't block anybody and now they're losing their starting center and then they're losing their left tackle or right tackle, I believe. So I mean I'm not sold on the Bears. I mean they can't run the ball. I mean David Montgomery's averaging three yards a carry. He shouldn't be. He's way better than that. He's grading like at a seventy plus, so he should be way better than that. But and Allen Robinson is just a dog. So I mean they have the parts to win, but Nick Foles is just it's not Nick Foles. It's the fact that he can't be protected. That's that's the biggest problem of this whole thing. Like he even alluded to it that that one game against Tampa Bay when he was just saying like, you know, it's tough for you know me to have communication, and then it's tough for him to you know be back there, call certain plays when I, you know I'm getting pressure in 1.2 seconds. So it's tough for any quarterback to be you know great when you can't get the ball, you can't run certain things. So. I mean, that's why I have the Bears looking at, but their defense is phenomenal. I mean, they got Eddie Jackson, um, Khalil Max grading out of 90, still a dog, still going strong. Um, Roquan Smith has come on. I've been very pleased to see, pleased from what I've seen from him this year. Um, people were talking about him being a bust, but uh, I think he's uh, shown that he's uh, been playing really good. I mean, they got their defensive line, <clears throat> their D lineman back, uh, Hicks, if I'm believing. Hicks is back, and... He's making his presence felt. So the defense is still solid. So still uh stout. So um if there's anybody, if they can protect uh foals, man, and, and get that running game going and just fix their offensive line problems, they could crack this this the top ten, but I just don't see it happening right now. Um Cleveland, they gotta make me a believer. Um Baker has had an up and down year. Um he crapped a bed against Pittsburgh. And then they come back, and I forgot who they beat last, but he had a phenomenal game. Wait, listen. Actually, just let me look it up. Give me one second. They beat the Cincinnati Bengals last. That was the last win. And so he had a phenomenal game that game. He was probably the most efficient I've probably ever seen him, you know. And they need Baker to play like that all the time. <laughs> they need him to play like that all the time. Um, I'm not going to put them in the top ten just because – they have to show me that they can beat more consistent teams. I mean, they beat Cincinnati twice. They beat Washington. They beat Dallas. They beat, and then they beat Indy. So that's probably their only, you know, respectable win. But they have to show me more. Like, through this next, you know, couple weeks, maybe for the next three or four weeks, they got to show me that they can, that it's not a fluke. You know what I mean? Uh, they blame OBJ so hard for you know, Baker, Baker struggling and the problems that Cleveland has. So let's see now. Now it's, it's a wait and see with me with Cleveland. And then San Francisco, you know, they're under 500 now. Uh, it just sucks when they've been stricken by COVID and been stricken by injuries. I mean, they have, I think it was seven players on IR. And these aren't just seven regular players. These are seven contributors. Kittle, Debo, Ayuk, Jimmy, like, they have uh, Nick Bosa's out for the year. You know what I mean? Like, they have so many players. And then Richard Sherman, they have so many players that are just either hit with COVID or, you know, out due to injury. And they're just getting hit with the Super Bowl hangover. So, San Francisco will probably be back next year. You know, I think with Kyle Shanahan, who's probably not named Bill, Be oh, not named Andy Reid or Bill Belichick is probably the best coach Not, not besides those two. Um, they'll still be formidable, but I don't see him winning a, a bunch more games. But now this brings me to the Ravens. And let me tell you why the Ravens aren't in my top 10. So I was having a conversation with somebody and I was trying to explain to this person. I'm like, you know, Lamar is like really good. And I like Lamar a lot. Um, Lamar has gotten better, you know, since 2018, um, his pass grade in 2018, his rookie year, was 56.5. Um, in 2019, last year, his pass grade was 82.5. And his overall offensive game, offensive grade, was a 90.1. Um, this year, he's passing with a 71.7 grade. And he has an offensive grade of 74.9. So, this is my thing with Lamar. I like Lamar a lot. Um... I think Lamar is a great player. With that being said, Lamar is 
becoming a great quarterback, but he is not a great quarterback yet. And there's a difference being with being a great player and a great quarterback. Quarterback is more mental. You know, it's more about getting people in the right spots. You know, taking what the defense is giving you, knowing when to throw it away and when to keep the play alive. You know, knowing when to, you know, not make a certain throw and just take a sack. Knowing when to just take the points rather than try to go for it all. You know, like, he, and I think Lamar's doing, and I think, I mean, I think his, his, his progression is right on track. I just feel like this year it hasn't been the best year for him. And because of that is is it's obviously it's affecting the team. I mean, he's he's that guy, you know what I mean? And they they've been hit they've been hit with some injuries too. I mean, Mark Ingram got hurt. Um they had like six or seven players going to COVID list just recently. I mean, they lost to Pittsburgh, who was their biggest competition. That was Lamar's worst game. You know, he had a 47.7 uh offensive grade. So, um I feel like Lamar has to take those next steps and then this really came out um, when he was playing against the Chiefs. I mean, Mahomes is ahead of Lamar. I, not obviously, but he's ahead of Lamar in terms of quarterbacking. I don't think Mahomes is a better overall player than Lamar, but you'll see Mahomes win more games against Lamar because he can be more efficient in the pass game. And Lamar, while getting better, is not at the level that Mahomes is at in Kansas City. He still had a good game, but I mean that's his thing. He has not beaten Kansas City yet, and he hasn't beat and he didn't beat Pittsburgh. So I mean, besides that, they feel like Lamar doesn't have enough weapons. I think they do have enough. I mean, they have Mark Andrews and then they have Hollywood Brown, but they're not getting the ball to Hollywood Brown, and he hasn't been efficient as efficient as a deep ball passer. This year, getting the ball to Hollywood Brown. If you remember um, week one of last year, Lamar had five touchdowns. I think like three or four of those were like touchdowns over like 20 plus yards. Like they destroyed Miami that game. But I mean, he was getting a lot of plays like that last year. So Lamar isn't being as efficient in the passing game as he was last year. And that's why, I mean, I don't even want to say that the Ravens are struggling. I just don't, I'm just not putting them in the top 10 right now because they're not playing the best football right now. And the Cardinals beat the number five team on the HTM power rankings before going on their bye. So I feel like the Cardinals are, they have the same record. And I feel like if the Cardinals were to play the uh, Ravens today, I think like the, I feel like the Cardinals would win just because they're a hotter team. Like they're, they've been, they, they haven't been firing on all cylinders, but they have been playing a lot better. And um, one thing I want to mention though is that, um, the Ravens just got Yannick Ngakwe from Minnesota after Minnesota traded for him and gave up the house ransom to the Jaguars for him. And I think that's definitely going to help. I mean, they've always been – I mean, if you think about Ravens, you if you think about the Ravens, you think about defense. And they have Calais Campbell, and they have Yannick Ngakwe, and they have Marlon Humphrey, and they have Jimmy Smith, and they have Marcus Peters, and they have – like, all these players on defense, and they're going to be fine. Like, they're just not in my top ten right now because they're not playing the best out of the teams that I've currently listed in the top ten. But, I mean, if there's a team that's going to take one of these teams out of the top ten, it's going to be the Ravens. Like, the Ravens are going to be good, you know. And so, uh, we're in week no, – what are we in? Week nine or ten? I can't remember what week we're in. But <laughs> – we are we are in a almost a, we're nearing the halfway point or we're past the halfway point. We're somewhere around the halfway point is my point. Somewhere around the halfway point, and now I feel like the um, Ravens are gonna go like on a little run. They have, like I said, they have the pieces. They just signed Des Bryant, so hopefully that helps them. I don't know how much that's gonna help them, but they signed Des Bryant because they feel like they needed to get a boost in their passing game. So. I mean, we Ravens, they're on the outside of the top 10 right now, but they can easily, you know, move into the top 10. So, again, that is the uh, NFL power rankings for a week. Man, let me figure out what week this is because I don't know. I need to figure out what week this is. I think it's week nine because 
this is always there's always a yes we're in week nine okay thank you week nine htn nfl power rankings because the nfl is always a week behind college football so week nine nfl power rankings um i appreciate you guys listening um appreciate you guys uh supporting the youtube channel um ham and turkey youtube channel i appreciate you guys listening to the ham and turkey podcast i'm trying to do these i want to do an nfl power ranking every thursday after the game um, like I said, that's what I want to be known for my sports analysis on football. So I have to get obviously I have to get football content out. But again, as I do with my YouTube channel, as I do with anything I do, if you want to come on here, you want to discuss football, we're going to have to do it on the YouTube channel because I can uh, <laughs> put as many people on that as I want. But if you want to talk, man, just hit me on uh, Facebook at Ernest Daniels. Um, if you want to hit me on Twitter, please at edaniels 77 on Twitter. And then I'm on Snapchat too uh, at one red hood at Red Hood 145 and then on Instagram at Mr. Hammond Turkey. I love to hear from uh, fellow football fans. Um, I've always, I'm always trying to connect with my PFF people, you know, people who are very sound and very knowledgeable about the uh, football sport. I'm, I'm always trying to learn stuff. So, I mean, I just want anybody who wants to come on and just discuss some football, uh, just let me know. And again, I thank you for listening to the Hammond Turkey Network podcast and I'll see you next Thursday for the week 10 power rankings.